Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you could want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Vine, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the Sports Stands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table. Every single week, hot takes, nothing like it. The Sports Dance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Dance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me as always, he waited outside my window with a boombox above his head. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, baby? I just I missed you so much. I needed you to come back. Uh, yeah. I hope this proved that it worked, though. That was very Cusack of you. I loved it, dude. I took he he was the smart one. It was a smart man right there. He knew you what do, would get your attention. We don't have enough Cusack references in this podcast, and I like that we're writing that ship, Greg. We're writing it. Yeah, I mean, I he came back into my life during the World Series. I saw him behind home play a few of those games, getting crazy. <laughs> I love I the. I love in these improbable World Series or championship runs when you always have like the marquee fans that are at every single game. Oh like, yeah. Oh, here's Eddie Vedder. Oh, here's John Cusack. Oh, here's Bill Murray. You know, there, there's always like yeah. the couple fans that they always need to show you at every single game. Like, look, they're normal people too. Yeah, and uh, seventh inning strengths. Let's get Vince Vaughn in here. Let's do that because he's a top celeb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he still would be a top celeb if it was not for True Detective Season 2, but we will not get into that on this podcast, Greg. That's my no, pledge. No, That's my pledge to you. Let's not get into the murder talk. <laughs> no more murder talk. We've not been a lot of murder talk recently. i got to no, be honest. Sorry. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Hey, pro athletes, pick it up. Pick it up. Yeah. Where's the murder? Where's the new OJ? <laughs> um, I'm fired up tonight, Greg. Uh, I'm back after a week Whoa. hiatus. It was, it was back. sad. I know, I know. It's uh, it's kind of like when your significant other leaves for a little bit, and you get you get a little sad at first, and then you kind of get some freedom. Uh, but then when they get back, you realize, oh, I just miss you so much. That little time away made me know how much I miss you. And I imagine, Greg, that that is the emotions that you're feeling right now. Your thoughts? It, it is. Uh, I mean, Dan Dan did a great job last week. No lie, he did a great job. We love you. It it, ju- it just didn't feel the same. There's a spark <laughs> missing. And you're that spark. Yeah, well, you're that spark. I'm fired up. Uh, I'm I'm back. I'm back and ready for action. Uh, This is a little treat for the podcast listeners at home too. We normally do this in the morning, but we're doing it in the evening tonight. And uh, your boy's having a beer. Not to brag, a bad boy of podcasting. James is having a beer during the uh, during the recording. So uh, things are gonna get run and get one now too. Things are gonna get pretty pretty wild. I like one up you and get like a lager. Uh, I'm drinking an IPA, man. Oh, oh. so fancy. Yeah, you better, if you're going to one-up me, man, you you just got to get, you just got to go straight for the hard stuff, straight for the good good. I'm going to get a special edition beer uh, that is only small batches. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I'm drinking right now. Uh, I'm drinking the 21st Amendment Brewery uh, IPA right now. That's a pretty good one, right? I like like their packaging. Yeah, I like their... uh... We're not here to talk about craft beer, Greg. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to talk sports. No, that's for other podcasts. Beers are crafty. Yeah, exactly. Crafty beers. Um, but we have a lot to get uh, to get through this week, man. Um, football's back. 
Yeah. You know, real football's <laughs> back. College football's crazy. NBA's all over the place. Um, sports are happening all over this great nation, Greg. But before we get into any of that, uh, before we get into the NFL picking uh, this week, uh, how are you, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, not too much going on. A uh, little bit of news for you that I forgot to tell you before we even started this. Uh, okay. Signed up for like a podcasting thing that sent us an email this morning. And it showed me we were the 71st ranked sports podcast in the Philippines like a month ago. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. We love so the Philippines. They love us. Yo, props to the Philippines. The Thrilla in Manila. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty exciting thing to say. Wow. Well, hey, very cool. I, uh, I will take it. And for all the uh, the seventy podcasts that are ahead of us right now in the Philippines, we're coming for you, dog. Yeah, watch out. Hold on to your crown. We're coming for it. Hold on to your crown. Well, cool, man. Very nice. I, I I'm always I'm always happy to hear uh, you know the good news and uh, to all the fans out there. My girlfriend's Filipino, so that's my right. that that must be it. You know, I must just really kind of attract the you know Filipino. It must people. be. My girlfriend's Filipino, and all the people that are uh, that are out there right now. Is she a uh, I don't know how to say. Maybe supports us. <laughs> that, that that actually might be the case. Oh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We'll take uh, it. Actually, I actually have no idea potentially, but anyways, <laughs> real cool, very nice. What about you though? What's new with you? Not much, man. Uh, so I was off in Brooklyn last week um, for a work thing. Yeah, exactly. I'd never been I'd never been to that area of New York before, but I was uh, I really liked it, man. I dig Brooklyn. Really cool. Um, I actually got to go check out a Nets game when I was there. Uh, Nets Timberwolves. When I was out there, uh, we had a little break, uh, or, or after after the training that I was at, um, went out to the Barclays Center and saw the Nets play the T Wolves, and it was a cool game. Uh, good, th- uh, good arena. Really, really cool. Uh, so interesting. It's one of the nicer ones. It's it's just so new, you know. Um, but what they do, which is really interesting, is the same thing that the Lakers do for their their home court is they'll actually uh, bring the lights super dark in the stands uh, and put all of the spotlights on uh, center court, huh. which is really interesting. Um, so like where you, whereas you go to the Garden and it's pretty light and you can kind of see everybody in, in the Barclays Center, or sorry, the TD Garden <laughs> for all you New York fans, uh, yeah. you know, freaking out at me right now. But the TD Garden, it's pretty light out. Uh, at least in the stands, they have lights around the entire arena, and you can kind of see everything pretty clearly. At the Barclays Center, it's very dark, um, so they kind of have all of the lights focused on the court, and that uh, that's either to a uh, highlight the play that's happening right now, or b take away from the fact that there's not a lot of people in the stands right now. Yeah, I think it's uh, that. It's to cover up the fans, how many there actually are. Yeah, exactly. You can but, see um, the front courtside seats, but not the bleachers, not the high rise. Exactly, right. And I think that's for I think that's for the best. But uh, but I got to be honest, man. That was the first time that I got to see Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns uh, live in person. And uh, T Wolves fans, you guys got to be pretty pumped right now. I, I'm yeah. going to be honest with you. There is no one that exciting on the Celtics. I, I realize that the Celtics are a pretty good team, and I love this team. Uh, it's one of my favorite Celtics teams. Well. Uh, not recently so much, but yeah, last they're, they're, night. yeah, it's a great Celtics team and uh, it's fun to root for. But if you're a Timberwolves fan, I mean, watching these guys play must be just so hopeful and so exciting. Um, Wiggins had 40 points when I saw him uh, and he, and he wow. looked, I mean, he was, he was like six for eight from three and his jumper looked fantastic. So he looked and super then, impressive. 
And then Anthony, uh, you know, Carl Towns here. Uh, I think earlier this year I actually compared him to Tim Duncan on this podcast. I'm actually going to take that back. He is more athletic than Tim Duncan, like significantly more athletic than Tim Duncan. So it was uh, it was really fun to watch. Uh, Brooklyn actually ended up winning, believe it or not. So, That's a shocker. That's actually yeah. more shocking than anything. I, I know. Trevor Booker actually looked like uh, you know a competent NBA player. But uh, outside of that, it was really cool seeing the T-Wolves live uh, and those young guns for the first time. So I, uh, I really enjoyed that. Nice, nice. Glad you got to do that. Glad you got to experience Brooklyn. For all I had some good glory. barbecue. I had, I had a lobster roll. Everything, everything broke James's way last week, Greg. Nice. I like how you had a lobster roll outside of Massachusetts. I know, I know. I was right in the water, uh, right, in this, uh, right in the Red Hook neighborhood of Brooklyn for all those people. Shout out to Del Fonte's Sandwich Shop out in Red Hook. What up? Sponsors. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, enough small talk, Greg. Let's get into it. We have quite a bit to cover this week. Um, and so I, think we're gonna start, I think we're going to start where we always start uh, and, and talk about the NFL this week. We had a, a couple surprising and interesting games that happened. Um, you know, the, the, the Dallas-Pittsburgh game was fantastic. The Broncos-Saints game was unbelievable, was at, at least in the finish. Uh, and we have a lot to talk about today, but I think we're going to break out an old favorite. Just an old town favorite, Greg, today. Most impressed, least impressed. Oh, it's been a while. The folks have been clamoring for it. Yeah, Most last impressed, week they got a impressed. new segment, James. They got a new segment with the guest host. I know. I know. Uh, what was it? How bad the refs fuck up or something like that? <laughs> WTF refs. WTF refs. Came I don't, I don't hate dome. that. I know. I actually don't hate that. Um but we're not here to talk about WTF refs. Greg, we're here to talk about most impressed, least impressed. So, out of all of the players, head coaches, units, teams, areas of the country, grand philosophies, big ideas, what are you most impressed with last week? Well, James, uh, a few things impressed me. Uh, yeah. Seattle's defense. Sure. Uh, uh, I don't Denver's, want to talk about that. But sure. Denver's field goal block for a two-point return. But the thing that stood out to me, is an yeah. offense unit that has just been rolling the past few weeks. They haven't won every week, but they yeah. picked up the big points. Talking about the Tennessee Titans. The Titans, baby. This offense has looked phenomenal. They put up 47 against Green Bay, which, you know, Green Bay's defense is horrible. It's fine. But 47 is still impressive. Uh, this offense, though, let me just give you a few numbers here. I'm going to give the numbers. I'm going to be the number guy this week. Mariota had 295 yards passing, four touchdowns. DeMarco Murray had 17 rushes for 123 yards and a touchdown. And then Delaney Walker, nine catches, 124 yards, one touchdown. That's just impressive. That's pretty good, man. That's this overall domination on the offensive side. You can't ask for anything better. They've put up 35-plus points the past three weeks. And I think the week before that, they were at least above 25. So... Everything's clicking right now for Tennessee and Mariota. Yeah, Tennessee's looking like I actually have to pay attention to them uh, yeah. in that division. My sneaky South pick. It's looking better and better, man. The it thing is. about the Texans is that the Texans continuously beat people in division, so it's going to make it a little bit difficult for the for the Titans to sneak in here. But I mean, five and five is nothing to shake a stick at right now, and that's a big win, uh, you know, here against the Packers. So that's a good thing. Yeah, no, it is. 
I mean, the Packers in that game only had 69 yard uh, rush yards. I mean, they really just do not have anyone outside of Rodgers and Nelson at this point in terms of skill players. No, I mean, even Ty Montgomery, he's trying to do his best back there, but he's not a running back by nature. He's just been thrown back there because Eddie Lacy gets hurt and keeps eating. Yeah. And uh, Aaron Rodgers no, hasn't hurt. looked like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, it's tough because, you know, Rodgers is obviously, like, clearly so talented uh, and clearly is one of the, uh, you know, he's one of the best players in the entire league right now. Yeah. I have to keep going back to what I mentioned a, a few weeks ago where he does not trust, A, his offensive line or, B, his skill players as much. So, you know, you could even see it when, he, when he's kind of back there in the pocket uh, he's playing backyard football a lot of the time, uh, and it's just not—it's just not paying dividends for them right now. He'll be running around and, uh, or just kind of like walking around. And even when there's no pressure, he'll still kind of just huck it off of his back foot because he's got such significant arm strength. Uh, I think it's just mechanics are off right now, uh, and the skill players just aren't able to get open the way that some of the other guys are able to. Um, you know, Devonte Adams was the leading leading receiver for Green Bay, and, and Jordy Nelson. Um, you know, in terms of yardage, at least, and then Jordy Nelson's right after. Uh, he just does not have a lot of people that he could spread the ball around to right now. Like, listen to these, these receivers right now. You have Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Richard Rodgers, Geronimo Allison, James Starks, Ty Montgomery. These are not the Packers of old. I mean, Cobb is, uh, so Cobb's been good. He's just... Sort of, yeah. The offensive I mean, line is where it starts for this team. Yeah, I agree. They have been horrible. He The past two, three years have completely shot Rodgers' confidence of any protection. He feels like he has to be on the move all the time, and he's not as good on the move. I mean, he used to be, but he's just not anymore. Yeah. He needs to be in the pocket. He's getting older. He's taking a lot more hits. I mean, they don't improve that line. I, don't, I know the Packers are all about build from the draft, build from within, don't get many free agents. You got to go out and get some big offensive lineman that can actually protect your quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens going forward with that. But I, I absolutely am 100% on board with the Tennessee Titans offense. Uh, Mariota with four touchdowns is huge. Uh, Demarco Murray looks great. I mean, I think this is a, it's just going to make the AFC South at least semi-interesting. Yeah. Uh, Who's your uh, most impressed for this week, though, James? Who impressed you, coach-wise, player-wise, unit-wise? It's tough, man, because I so I want to pick the Cowboys so bad, but I keep talking about the Cowboys. I'm all in on, on Dak and Zeke, and I honestly, honestly think that Ezekiel Elliott uh, is an MVP candidate at this point. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. He had 115 yards with two touchdowns. Actually, a really good uh, point Bill Barnwell made on ESPN is that the Cowboys' offensive line as a whole – should be considered an MVP candidate. Yeah. I actually have to agree there. Uh, they give this rookie quarterback a huge amount of time to throw the ball, uh, and they give Ezekiel Elliott some real running room. But even when he doesn't have a lot of room, uh, you know, Zeke is, a, is an unbelievable, unbelievable rusher. Um, oh, he's phenomenal. He's going he's gonna to challenge that rookie rushing record by, uh, I believe it's Eric Dickerson that has it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I'm going to actually go with the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs this year... <laughs> I'm going to talk I'm, about the Cowboys and Elliott, but I'm going to actually pick. I have to. Um, the Chiefs this year, uh, right now, are six, are 7-2. and two. No not, no one's talking about them right now. The Chiefs are 7-2 and two right now. Uh, and they are 
uh, they're 2-1 this year after trailing by 14 points in a game. Okay, so they're 2-1 this year after trailing from, by 14 points in a game. The rest of the league is 2-51 in that same scenario. Uh, the Chiefs, for all their talk about not being able to bring, push the ball downfield and make the big plays, they scored 17 points in the fourth quarter and, and came back and beat the Panthers on the road. That's a big win. It uh, is. And with the, with the Broncos continuously just pulling wins out of their ass, like out of like, I, I don't no know one how else I've either. ever seen it in my entire life. No team uh, has pulled wins out of their ass like the Gary Kubiak-led Broncos over the last two years. Um, the Chiefs need to find every way they can, they can, or everything they can, do everything they can to stay competitive with Oakland and Denver in that division. Uh, and, and they're doing a really good job of coming from behind. So I, I'm going to go most impressed as the Kansas City Chiefs this week. We're going to give them a little love, uh, you know, as, a Chief, as the Chiefs believer I am. Yeah, clearly. Plus, aren't they doing it with uh, Nick Foles was starting this past week and Jamal Charles is maybe done completely career-wise. I know. Oh, it's so sad. And he, he's just such a talent, too. That's really, that's really a bummer. Killed my fantasy team. Okay, well, L- luckily, I, luckily, I took Ware. He's uh, been pretty solid. <laughs> uh, I weep for your loss. Uh, yeah, no, Alex Smith played. No, Alex Smith played this week. I thought Foles was starting for some reason. No, Alex Smith played. He didn't even play that well. He, sure. he was 25 of 38 for 178 yards and, and an interception. No touchdowns. 4.7 yards per, per attempt. Per, I mean, he per never plays fantastic. It's just, he gets it done. To yeah, it really is mostly it really is mostly defense. Um, yeah, and fumble recoveries. Like the yeah, so it's like the Vikings team, uh, except the defense has now kind of failed them, and their offense still is stagnant. Yeah, actually, that goes right into my my least impressed. Um, but nice. why don't you go? Why don't you go first, Greg? Actually, oh, it was a perfect leeway in for you, though. All right, fine. I'll go. I'll go least impressed. My least impressed is the Vikings. Um, this team is kind of stagnant right now. Uh, people are going to look at Sam Bradford and say, oh, he went 31 for 40 with 307 yards and two touchdowns. Sam Bradford's not the problem. Uh, and those people would be wrong, Greg. <laughs> throw that out there real quick. They're just not explosive. They can't play anything. Uh, they, they have no defense. Um, you know, they played pretty well against the Washington uh, offense, uh, their defense did at least. Yeah, we um, but they they have name. they have no I'm not going to say their full name but they they have no offense right now um you know I'm just not impressed with this Minnesota team I, I got off the bandwagon pretty early I've been picking against them the last two weeks or last three weeks I think um, yeah, because I've been sticking think, with them it's not a good call the thing is like the defense can't score two touchdowns every game <laughs> you know I mean no. that's just the fact the defense can't score two touchdowns every game it's not and a it's normal cool. habit. And if 20 points is where you're is where you're topping out as an offense uh, in terms of what you can score, that's not going to get it done. You know, especially against this Redskins team who are all of a sudden in this pretty competitive division uh, in the NFC East here. Yeah. So my least impressed is the Vikings as a whole. Makes sense. Makes complete sense. I mean, it was their division to have, and it's just been a landslide since. Right. Started with the Eagles. Just throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah, it did. Yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, who's your right, least so impressed? My, my least impressed this week. Uh, it's not going to make you happy, James. But you know what? It's not about making you happy all the time. So I know you're back. I'm excited that you're back. But we couldn't talk about the Patriots in most impressed because they didn't win, if you call it the Sunday night game. But 
I'm going to go. I'm not going to even put it on Brady. I'm not putting it on the offense. I'm putting it on their offensive coordinator. Josh McDaniels, least impressed. I mean, mainly for that fourth quarter uh, goal line play calling. You try yeah, to sneak rough. rush with uh, Brady with like 30-something seconds left. Fine. Do it one time, whatever. Next three times, you have one of the, if not the biggest running back in the league who's known for just making contact and getting another two and a half yards per carry. They talked about it earlier in the night in the game. Yeah. Give him the ball three straight times. If he doesn't get in, nobody's going to question you. But no. Instead, they tried running once. Cam Chancellor made a great play on the goal line to stop him. Then they did, I guess it was another attempt at a sneak rush with Brady. Which he fumbled, but I'm not gonna. I, put, I still put that on McDaniel's, and uh, then finally that last play that caused a huge controversy because everybody was like pass interference. But when you look at it, I don't know if you agree. Basically, it was Gronk and Cam Chancellor going at it, fairly equal. If anything, more even more Gronk of piling driving him backwards. So it was an iffy call. You couldn't make it in that situation no matter what, unless it was blatantly on one guy or the other. But yeah, least impressed is going to be Josh McDaniels. I mean, this is why he's not a head coach, folks. This is why he didn't work out in Denver with Tebow. For me, you could actually even uh, argue that Matt Patricia should be least impressed on the defensive side. That defense was so bad. And I think that we've got a real problem, as any Patriots fans are listening out there. There's a real problem with this defense. Uh, Russell Wilson had 348 yards and three touchdowns. And that was actually kind of selling short what he did. I mean, he, he had all the time in the world. Uh, the Patriots were only rushing two for some reason uh, for most of the yeah. game. Uh, and, and Doug Baldwin, you know, just kind of ran wild. Uh, they've got no defense. They have the, 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 the Seahawks could do whatever they wanted the entire game. Um, so I, I'm unsurprised at that loss. Uh, I don't really know where we, where we go from here, where we're going to find um, a pass rush at this point in the season. You traded away the one guy that had a potential for it on this team. And like, you're, you're kind of, putting all your eggs in the Jamal Shear basket, uh, which is a little tough right now. I got to be honest with you. Who? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm so not, I, I can't put it on Patricia. The defense is not, the defense isn't that great to begin with. They have a lot of guys that on other teams may not even be, you know, on the field as much as they are now. Yeah, but uh, I think I talked about this with Jewett last week. Butler's not a number one corner. He's a number two, very good number two, but I don't think he's a solid number one shutdown guy. Uh, I mean, but Patricia does what he can with what he has. Belichick just keeps taking pieces here and there that are good and moving them away for picks later in life. I guess it just bothers me. It's just like get creative at least a little bit. Like don't rush two and play prevent defense the entire time because Russell yeah. Wilson's going to pick you apart. That's the one thing that yeah. Russell Wilson like excels at is when he's got time. Um, I don't know. It, I, I could have picked anything from that uh, from that game and said it was least impressed for me on the Patriots side. I'm also going to say least impressed Bill Belichick's hat. <laughs> I don't really, his, his fashion sense is a list, the last thing on my mind as to what's, you know, what bothers me about him. He just needs to, he apparently just has this need to cut anything that he owns. Yeah, I guess I that's true. what his underwear looks like. <laughs> for for multiple reasons. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, a couple of things that stuck out to me this week is I have to start paying attention to teams that I didn't really ever consider um, going into the season, or at least or, or at the early part of the season. Like, do I really have to pay attention to the Ravens right now? No. I have to pay attention. I have to pay attention to the fucking Dolphins. Like, is this for real? Kind like, of. The Dolphins have looked pretty good. <laughs> they've won. 
They've won like four in a row right now. I have to pay attention to these teams. So instead of paying attention to like the Cardinals and the Bengals, I have to pay attention to the Dolphins and the Ravens. And I don't know. This is a nice little change, I guess. I guess, but I don't There's know. I have Patriots to... who are just going to basically win every other game except maybe Denver might give them a challenge, but their schedule the rest of the way is pretty soft. I already have nightmares about that Denver game. What what ridiculous player the Denver Broncos is going to win this stupid game out of? God, can you even believe this? What, how do the Broncos keep winning these games? I don't. I just don't understand it. How do the I Broncos think, keep winning these games? I don't know, but my prediction for the Patriots-Denver game is Denver can win it off a Tom Brady sack, but he's going to fumble it. It's going to kick off his foot, skyrocket into the air towards the end zone like a punt somehow, and uh, Von Miller's going to catch it and dance. Yeah, I'm not surprised by any of that. That's, that's um, busy when I figure what happen. All right, cool. Anything else you want to touch on before we go into picks this week? Uh, I think that, if anything, the two stories that kind of came out right before we started this podcast, the Seahawks released Kristen Michael, who was supposed to be like one of the big backs this year uh, for Seattle, uh, basically done nothing. CJ Proceis is now going to be like their top back until Thomas Rawls comes back. So kind of surprising, especially on a random uh, Tuesday. Didn't think you would just get rid of a – he's kind of a big back. You would think, if anything, keep him for uh, third and short situations. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with the Seattle. Um, are they on a buy right now? Is that why they're doing this? No, they have a Philly going to uh, Seattle this week. It's one of our games we're picking. Oh, right, right, right. You're right. But uh, um, I don't know. a lot of teams, I feel like, are getting rid of their running backs randomly throughout this year. Like uh, a few weeks ago, the Ravens got rid of Forsett. So it's just an odd year. I feel like more known players are getting cut randomly throughout the year. That's true. The last thing that I want to bring up before we actually get into these picks too um, is my fantasy team, Greg. I got to be honest with you right now. <laughs> so I started off 0-5. No, listen, listen. I started off 0-5, and, uh, and I, I, I've gone on a, on a, a just an absolute tear and, and brought it back to 500. I've gone 5-0 and 0, uh, in the last few weeks. So I think that at this point, the only real question is who will be who will be playing me in the 30 for 30 about this team. Um, and I'm uh, open to all suggestions. So, so go ahead and write on Facebook and Twitter to add sports dance. Um, you know, who should be playing me? I mean, you know my pick. Team. I don't know your pick. No, who's uh, your pick? Mac Miller? Mac, no, I, no, 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 no. See, Uncanny. wrong. Uncanny. Wrong. Uh, I need someone who, who looks a little bit more like me, you know, like six foot, six foot, six foot two, jacked, uh, nice jawline, piercing We're blue eyes. We're not talking eyes. about your CA 2K 17 player. We're talking about you. Uh, what's the difference? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't really, <laughs> the lines between reality and yeah. my NBA 2K player have been blurred. Uh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, let's get into these picks this week, Greg. Uh, we have a full slate this week. A couple interesting games happening, a few division games. Not a lot of over 500 teams, but we're going to pick a few games. Uh, no. Starting with the early slate here. Um, this week at 1 o'clock, we have the Baltimore Ravens going into Arlington and playing the Dallas Cowboys. The 5-4 and four Ravens are 7-point underdogs against the 8-1 and one Cowboys, Greg. Uh, Tony Romo came out with a statement saying that he's totally fine. Totally fine with Dak Completely Prescott. Completely fine. Oh, totally. He's like so fine with that. Yeah, I, have the, I have the exact quote of how fine he is if you want to hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, basically, he said, uh, getting, hurt is when you, it, getting hurt when you feel like you have the best team you've had was a soul-crushing moment for me. Yeah. It's a dark place. Ugh, Probably the darkest so dark. it's ever been. Oh, the darkest. I, anything. 
I still want to play and compete, but Dak deserves to be our starter right now. Yeah, oh, R.I.P. Tony Romo. He had a good career, man. I'm, I'm really excited. good luck with the Browns next year. I'm really excited for you to be. Oh my God! Don't even right now. That that I can't believe you just said that because that's totally happening. Yep. Um, okay, Greg. So do you think the Ravens go into uh, Arlington and uh, put a stop to the Dak magic, or do you think the Cowboys keep rolling uh, and Ezekiel Elliott and Prescott carry them to a nine and one record? Your thoughts? I mean, I kept thinking somebody has to beat this Dallas team. I don't know when it's going to happen, where. I've picked against them a few weeks in a row now, just waiting for it to be right and turn in my favor. It hasn't. So I'm just going to go, you know, reverse it. I need Dallas to lose because I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm going to go with them this week because the Ravens aren't as good as the Steelers. I know they beat them, but I just don't overall think they're as good as them. And Dallas beats the Steelers. So, you know, by that common nature sense, uh, yeah, Cowboys. <laughs> I'm also going with the Cowboys. Uh, I, I mean, this is no no surprise to anybody who's been listening to the podcast, but I just think that whenever you have something special like this happening, you have to keep riding it. And I'm going to ride the Cowboys until they prove otherwise. I don't think that they're actually going to um, that they're going to cover the spread. I think that the Ravens are going to make this pretty close. Um, the Ravens are kind of like the drag it down to our level team where it's like, oh, Ezekiel Elliott will get 69 yards on like 30 carries and like. It's going to be like a 19 to 16 type game, but the Ravens will make it close. The Cowboys will still win. Yeah. Probably, probably a good call there. Um, cool. Okay. Moving on. We also have uh, Tennessee, five and five Titans going into Indianapolis, the four and five Colts. Um, Indy's favored by three points right now. They're at, they're at home, so that more or less means that it's a, it's a pick em right now um, between how good these two teams are. Uh, do you think the Titans are for real, Greg, and they're going to go into Indianapolis and uh, and have a statement win here against the Colts, or do you think the Colts at home right the ship against the division rival Titans? I think uh, with how this offense is rolling right now, Indy doesn't have a defense that's going to stop them. So Tennessee's going to put up the points. Their defense has been playing pretty well. Andrew Luck, as good as he is, just hasn't looked like the Andrew Luck from his first year or two for some reason. So by that... I'm going to go with Tennessee. I think they just keep rolling, and Mariota gets another game under his belt. That shows just how good he's becoming. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts right now on this one. Um, I think the Titans are a good young team, and I think that DeMarco Murray is an X factor for them. Uh, I think at home, dome team, uh, the Colts playing against the Titans, uh, I think that that is where – I think that that means something. Um the Titans don't have – well, the Titans have a decent defense, but I, I think that Andrew Luck at home uh, will beat up on this Titans defense. Um, a dome team playing at home matters to me. Uh, okay. I don't know why. It's just kind of been ingrained in my uh, in my skull for some reason. Always going to go with, like, the Saints uh, and Lions and all those teams? I, I kind of do sometimes. I go yeah. to the Falcons whenever they're at home. Um, okay, moving on to the afternoon games. Those are the those are the two games we're picking from the early slate. The afternoon games we have the Eagles against the Seahawks, playing in Seattle. Uh, Seattle's favored by six and a half points. Uh, so Greg, you get your Eagles need a touchdown to to uh, to beat the spread here. But uh, Greg, do you think the five and four Eagles are going to come into CenturyLink Field? Uh, and win here, or do you think that the Seahawks have kind of gained momentum against the Patriots and they beat up on one of the best defenses in football? Well, uh, as much as it pains me, I'm going to have to go with Seattle here just because, one, Seattle's looked good the past few weeks. 
Big statement game yeah. against the Patriots. The only thing you got to worry about is traveling back from the East Coast back to the West Coast after a late night game, emotional victory. All those things, you know, went into my head with this thought, but still the defense has been looking good. And I think Carson Wentz has one of his rougher games as a rookie. I do think it might end up being closer than the spread is saying. I'm going to give it to uh, probably, I'm going to say it's probably going to be like how you thought the Dallas Ravens game is going to go, except I'm going to be like 24 to 21 type range. And, uh, but I'm going to go Seattle. That makes sense. I, it's a tough defense for a rookie quarterback to go against, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead with the Seahawks as well. Uh, I think that right now there's three teams uh, in the NFL that are kind of head and shoulders above the other teams. I think that's Dallas, Seattle, and New England. Um, I'd put they, Oakland in there too. Uh, I don't know. I, I give me like a big, big signature win for Oakland. Who is who is Oakland beat? Denver. I know that they're seven and two. Yeah, they beat Denver. That was like the, uh, probably the biggest signature one right now. I guess that's true. They've beat the Saints, Titans, Ravens, Chargers, Jaguars, Bucks, and Denver. It really has only been Denver. Give me yeah. something. Like if the if okay, if they win this week, um oh, it's against Houston. Not really. I don't care. I don't know. They're still I, six and three. They're still decent. I'm hesitant to put I'm hesitant to put Oakland in that category. I really think they haven't been tested yet as as much. So I, I'm gonna go. I really think it should be Dallas. Uh, Seattle, New England, and in the top, I think right underneath that, I think you have Oakland, Denver, Kansas City, actually all in the same division, which is yeah. kind of funny. And um, and even Pittsburgh looks good at some point too. Might have to put the Giants in there too because they're sneaking up at six and three. I think they're. I can't put the Giants. I can't put the Giants in there. I don't know. They're just like none of their none of their games are that inspiring in terms of wins. I don't I know, know. Whatever. But they're still winning. Maybe, yeah, but I wouldn't put the uh, the Texans are six and three too. Would you put them in there? No, because the Texans don't have a quarterback that actually can win. We've seen Eli win two Super Bowls. We know he can do it when it matters. Where Brock, uh, basically, butt fumbles. I don't agree with that, but uh, if you want to put the Giants in there, feel free. Um, okay, cool. We're gonna go on to the Sunday night game, NBC primetime: Packers at Redskins in FedEx Field. Packers are four and five. Uh, Washington's five and three and one. Uh, and then Washington's favored by two and a half points Damn in this ties. game. I know, right? Um, Greg, do you think the Packers' uh, woes continue out in Landover, uh, or do you think that Aaron Rodgers figures it out against this Redskins defense? I think uh, Washington takes it. Green Bay and the NFC North as a whole, terrible. Just awful. I saw a stat the other day that I think it's in the past three weeks. They're combined two wins, and I think that would make it what? Uh, nine losses, something like that, or whatever Whatever it adds up to without buys and all that. They're, they have two wins as a conference in the past three weeks, and both of them games against the Vikings, one by the Bears, one by the Lions. So unless they're beating each other, they're not beating anybody. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I'm taking uh, Green Bay in this scenario. For a couple of reasons, I do not think that the Washington, uh, that the Redskins right now can play against like a really legitimately good quarterback. The reason being, um, their their wins are against the Giants, the Browns, the Ravens, the Eagles, and the Vikings. I don't think any of those have like truly elite quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, where the uh, losses have come against the Steelers, the Cowboys, and the Lions, and they tie against the Bengals. Not saying that 
Matthew Stafford and Dak Prescott are quote-unquote elite yet. But uh, I think Aaron Rodgers coming in, uh, especially coming off a loss, I think the Packers are going to try to figure it out here against the Redskins. Um, okay, cool. I can, I can see your logic. Finally, we have the Monday night game. This one's a kind of wild one because they're playing in Mexico City. Very cool. Texans against the Raiders. The 6-3 and three Texans playing the 7-2 and two Raiders. Oakland's favored by 5.5 points in this game. Um, so, Greg, do you think that Derek Carr continues to look like the MVP candidate against a crappy Texans defense, or do you think that Houston finally notches a win out of Lucas Oil Stadium? Uh, I think Oakland takes it. It's going to be a fun game to watch in general. See, I can get behind having games in, like, Mexico City and, like, if you want to have them in Canada. I'm fine with those. Don't go to England. But, you know, I think Mexico City will be good. It'll be fun and exciting. Uh, probably going to get a big crowd for that. Probably sold out would be my guess. Uh, Derek Carr, I think, and the Houston offense can – or the Oakland offense can uh, do work against the Houston defense. They haven't been a stout since uh, JJ left. And uh, we know their offense isn't – the Houston offense isn't that great with uh, Brock. So I think Oakland takes it, moves to 8-2, and two, and uh, gets another nice win on their belt and gets used to playing out in the desert heat and the nice sun for when they move to Vegas finally. I'm also going Oakland here. Uh, I, I just don't see the Texans as a legitimate threat uh, to any anyone right now. I think that they're, they're – <laughs> Their whole idea and mantra right now is just to beat up on the divisional opponents, and that should get them into the playoffs right now. Uh, like, for, for yeah, example, exactly. all of their wins pretty much, you know, I mean, they've got wins against the Bears and the Chiefs, but mostly against it's against the Titans, the Colts, the Jaguars. Uh, you know, if they can just kind of... Just beating up on their beat conference, up, basically. Just beat up on your conference, man, and then hope the rest of it takes care of itself, especially when the rest of your conference is like right around 500. Yeah, um, I think that that's kind of the Texans' uh, mo right now. So going into a into a different environment uh, against an elite elite offense, uh, I don't think that the Texans are going to be able to hold up into that scrutiny. So I'm also going with the Raiders in this sense. I think we should have uh, the NFC North and the AFC South just do a round robin game wise, and whoever the top two are at the end of it get to move on to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, by the way, just so you know, I have our updated records. For uh, our picks before we get oh, to dude, our, before we get know, to our guest picks, I got. I've been doing pretty well, huh? Yeah, you've uh, made a nice comeback. Uh, right now, it stands that I am 26, 25 and one, because we both have that tie on a record, just like teams in the NFL is dumb. I hate it. I hate twenty, it. you're twenty nine, twenty two and one. Hey. Yeah, you got a nice little lead on me. Uh, Jewett uh, is now on air cause he's made multiple picks. Um, you know, didn't go so well the first time he did our guest picks. He was one and two, but last week he improved. He's a uh, three and five. So not terrible. All right. Pick are doing great. They're 22 and 10 right now. Jeez. Hey, there you go. That means that everyone else who comes on the show knows more about football than us, which is yeah. exciting. And then, uh, so now that we're done with our picks, we probably should get into our guest picks. Uh, Probably a good idea since, you know, they were nice enough to record. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we forgot to do that in the beginning. Okay, well, let's right. get into it then. That's why I figured I'd do it now. Uh, so this week, uh, we got the people over at the Fast Forward Rewind podcast. You can find them on Twitter uh, by typing that into your search bar. Uh, we have Adam doing it for us. Uh, so let's take a listen to Adam's picks for the week. 
Hey, it's Adam from the Fast Forward Rewind podcast, and first off, thanks for asking me to be the guest NFL picker for this week. I got three games that I'm going to pick. Uh, after you listen to this podcast and these picks, you should head over to the Fast Forward Rewind podcast and give us a listen. You can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, other platforms, or you can go to fastforwardrewind.com and get the episode there. The most recent episode, we discussed Doctor Strange. Luke Cage, uh, that is currently on Netflix, and the Wonder Woman trailer. And coming up, we have a special Quentin Tarantino episode that is coming out. All right, on to the picks. My first one is a bias pick because I'm a Steeler fan, so I'm picking Pittsburgh at Cleveland. After last week's debacle and loss by the Steelers, because one, Ezekiel Elliott is very good, and two, the Steelers' defense is very bad, I am hoping for a bounce back, and I really hope that the Pittsburgh can be Cleveland. In fact, I'm picking Pittsburgh to be Cleveland because it's Cleveland. I'm sorry, but they can't be the team to give the Browns their first win. I firmly believe the Browns are going to go 0-16, so I'm hoping Pittsburgh can pull it out. I think they can. Ben will have another good game. Uh, AB will have another good game. And I don't think Cleveland's offense is good enough to even get past the defense of the Steelers, which Steel Curtain, it is not. So I'm going to pick a score. I don't even know if I need to pick a score, but I'm going to anyways. So I pick, um, let's see, it's going to be mm, semi-close. So I'm going to pick uh, 31-23. Let's just go that way. 31-23. Pittsburgh, because honestly, the defense of of Pittsburgh is not that great, so I think Cleveland will score a bit. All right, the next game is going to be the night game on Sunday. It's um, going to be uh, Green Bay at Washington. Green Bay is surprisingly not very good. Aaron Rodgers is not having a great season for some reason, which sucks because he's my fantasy quarterback, and so is Steeler. So is the uh, Packers defense uh, on my fantasy team. So. Uh, Last week against the Titans was um, rough, and I did not see that coming. I don't think anyone did. So I think the Packers, though, uh, continue down the road of surprising teams and losing to Washington. I picked the Redskins to win. The Redskins, I think, are better than most people think. That division is surprisingly close, except for Dallas running away with it. But, like, both New York, Philadelphia, and... And uh, Washington seem to all be right there. And I think they're going to vie for that wild card spot until the end of the year. And I think Washington will pull this out. Um, I think they're uh, better, actually, than Green Bay this year. Aaron is just not on his game. And I think the score is going to be high scoring. 35-28 for the Redskins. They're going to win at home. Being at home is going to help them, too. Uh, the third game I pick is going to be Baltimore at Dallas. And I'm picking Baltimore at Dallas because Baltimore being the division rival of the Steelers, I really want to see them lose, and I think they will lose. I think Dallas will win. Dallas is the best team in the NFL right now. I pick them over anyone, including the Patriots. I think uh, Ezekiel Elliott is this year's Rookie of the Year, possibly MVP. Dak Prescott also could be Rookie of the Year and could be MVP. It's amazing what they're doing. When Rumble went down, I really thought that they were going to be 
lucky to win four games. So the fact that they're eight and one, I think they're going to win at home against Baltimore, who's not very good at all, to be honest. Pittsburgh should have beat them a few weeks ago. Baltimore is just so flux on on those teams. In fact, last week Cleveland had a pretty decent half against them. I think this game's not even going to be close. I think this is like a 41-10 win for Dallas. Prescott with like three touchdowns, another 200-yard-plus game, and just walk all over them. So uh, that's my pick. So like I said, uh, listen to this, listen to this podcast, and then go to fastforwardrewind.com and give us a listen. All right, bye. All right. Very cool, Adam. Nice job, Adam. Uh, going with his hometown Steelers. Or his favorite team Steelers. I don't know if he's from Pittsburgh. I want to go on record and say that I think it's disgusting when people blatantly talk about how much their favorite team biases their uh, their picks. I think that any podcast host who is a blatant homer uh, about their team uh, should really be banned from par- podcasting as a whole. Yeah, completely. Uh, so I'm just disgusted. Uh, it's even worse with TV personalities. Don't let me see your face and then tell me how much you love your home team, yeah. your favorite team, your biased team. And basically, I'm looking at you, Skip Bayless. Gross. And only you. All right, let's get into uh, – why don't we get into college football, man? This is <laughs> this is starting to get really exciting on this It end. is. It's getting good. It's getting, it's getting nice. It's making me forget about how bad the Notre Dame game team has been this year. Uh, so it's nice to look at the other teams and see some of their souls get crushed. You are legitimately the only person who's thinking about Notre Dame right now. It's kind of amazing. My brother is. He's going to the game this weekend for the first time in, uh, ever. He's getting to go to South Bend. That's exciting. You too are the only people who are thinking about Notre Dame at all. Yeah, um, that's probably true. The biggest thing coming out of this weekend is that the two, three, and four teams all lost, Greg. They lost. They're yeah. losers. All, all of, in weird ways too. You know, late field goals. Uh, teams they were supposed to get. They were supposed to crush. Uh, it was just bad. First time since 1985. That all these teams have lost. Yeah, both times though. Michigan was number two, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, I guess that, that is a little interesting. Um, what are your biggest takeaways coming out of this weekend of college football grade? I, I mean, I'm curious to see what the uh, college football playoffs are going to look like after this. Uh, it's going to be a huge mix-up. Uh, the Pac-12 or whatever it is, not probably not going to have anybody represent it now because Washington was probably their only hope in that conference. It was weak enough as it was that it was hard for them to even get in the top four. Then you have Michigan, Ohio State, and potentially Penn State now, who could all one of them could or two of them could even end up in the playoffs. Alabama is most likely going to end up there unless Auburn surprises everybody and beats them. And then uh, who's Clemson? Clemson still has a chance. Clemson, I still think, makes it because they basically control their own destiny. Louisville has the head-to-head loss, but. It's going to be exciting. These final few weeks are now a lot more interesting with all these teams taking a loss, especially all on the same weekend. Yeah, it is really interesting. Um, I, I'm going to be interested to see if Michigan continues to be in there. Right now, their uh, their current ranking is number four. Um, so I don't know if they're actually going to be act in the college football you know, playoffs. That's the AP Top 25. Um, they, they haven't beaten anybody, <laughs> anybody no. of note. Uh, and they just lost to Iowa. Uh, so that's pretty tough. Um, but it's more interesting, I guess, when they're in there, so that's going to be biased. Uh, yeah, a couple of fun fun things. That, a couple of fun things that I wanted to throw out there, Greg. Um, 
things that were going on in 1984. Ooh. I mean, 1985 in sports. Uh, Kansas City Royals were your World Series champions behind the uh, bat of George Brett. Your uh, San Francisco 49ers were Super Bowl champions. Your Los Angeles Lakers were NBA championship champions. The the Magic Johnson era Showtime Lakers Good and team. the and the uh, the Edmonton Oilers, the, the Wayne Gretzky led Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we're Stanley Cup champions. I think that's um, probably the last time a Canada team won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, for real. Um, Oklahoma won the NCAA football championship, and Villanova won the basketball championship. And Greg, uh, during this time in 1985, a song in America uh, was the Miami Vice theme song. Oh boy, oh, God. <laughs> that's great! Uh, All right. That was the number one fucking song. Get it together, 1985. Yeah, we're um, one to talk. Uh, our generation has some weird number one hits. What's the number one song right now? Let's, uh, let's see what the, the two. Um, let's check it out. This is real time podcasting. That. The, like Juju on that beat because that song I've heard like everywhere right lately. I don't know what you're talking about right now. I gotta be honest with you. Uh, we're gonna what do you, what do we check? Billboards? Oh, Black Beatles by Ray, Ray Shremmerd. I actually like Black Beatles. That's a good All song. Right. That yeah, I can I can accept that one. I approve. Uh, a couple songs though during 1985 that were number one. Uh, Madonna's Like a Virgin, uh, George Michael's Careless Whisper, Ario Speedwagon's Can't Fight This Feeling. Good. Uh, Madonna, crazy for you. Great, great year for Madonna. Got to be honest yeah. with you. Brian Adams, Heaven. Oh, that's a great song. Good song. Your uh, Shafir's Shout. Um, let's see here. Huey Lewis, Power of Love. Uh, Aha, right. Take I, On I Me. I thoroughly enjoy that song, by the way. Take On Me was up there. Um, Starship, We Built the City. And uh, Mr. Mr. Broken Wings. So not a bad year, 1985 for music. Yeah, pretty good outside of Miami Vice. <laughs> I can't believe that that was the number one song in the country. The Miami Vice theme song? What the fuck? <laughs> like, who is listening? Have you ever heard of it? Have you ever heard that theme song? I don't know if I've ever heard that theme song. I'll actually put it on YouTube and see it's if I got fantastic. it. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what the what the uh, what the rankings are. It's funny that we're actually putting this on right now. Wait, is the Miami um, Vice one the saxophone one where it's like do 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 or no? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I actually do, which is kind of weird, especially considering that. Uh, especially considering rendition. that rendition, yeah. Um, oh, I don't know if you're gonna. This is a great live podcast. Let's let's uh, let's see this right now. Oh wait, hold on. Wait, whoops, 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 whoops. Hold on. Let's see. If they see got how it. loud this is in my ears. You hear it? No. You don't hear it? Nope. Uh, I'm playing it on YouTube. That's weird. I guess I might not let you. Uh, I guess they must not let you play this on, on Google Hangouts, not to give a, an you idea. You anything plugged in, that's why. Here, I'll try to find it. You keep talking sports, I'll find it. Well, I'm listening to it now. I can't believe this is the number one theme song. There's just no way this is the number one theme song, or the number one song in America. There, there's just no chance. This, this is wrong. Um, okay, let's not waste too much more time finding that. Anything else you want to talk about college football before we kind of move on? Uh, I mean, not too much. I mean, just the my think only... That anyone's gonna, Go ahead. My hope that somehow Louisville makes it in, that Alabama makes it in at number one, Louisville makes it in at number four somehow, because I really just want to see Lamar Jackson go against that Alabama defense. It's really all I want to see. Be honest with me. Do you think that anybody is going to win the championship outside of Alabama? 
Yes, because I feel like when it gets to the final four, it's weird matchups. You saw two years ago, Ohio State beating Alabama. It just takes one good game and one bad game. Alabama, yeah, the SEC is good. But I feel like Alabama every year gets in like kind of this on the whole reputation of their Alabama. But a lot of their games, I feel like, aren't that hard. So when they finally get to go against a good team, I think it could surprise them, get a little kick in the mouth. I mean, they had some hard games last year, except Michigan State, they completely blew out in the college playoffs. But Clemson, it was close. I mean, Clemson almost took them down. I just don't see them beating. Uh, I don't. I don't see anybody beating Alabama right now. To just be totally honest with you, um, whoever ends up going into the college football playoffs, so we'll see what happens. Um, okay, cool. Moving on, Greg. We're gonna head over to the NBA, uh, and, and you know I have to go ahead and give you guys props. I was proud of you and Jewett. Uh, you guys put on your game faces, and you talked about the NBA. Uh, and there was some real legitimate talk in there. And uh, you know what? You held your own, and I liked it. And, uh, and you I got to give credit to Steph Curry for breaking a record. It really helped me out picking uh, topics. <laughs> that was huge because right now we're in the middle of November and talking about the NBA, uh, especially with all the goings on in, in you know, football, both college and professional, and then you know the election. The NBA is taking a real back seat, which is a shame, Greg, um, because things are really happening right now. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is on the East. Uh, a team that has really shocked me right now is the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, that is a shock. So the, the fact that out of any team, that's who we're going to talk about. I know. It's crazy. So going into the season, I did not – I was really uh, I was really skeptical uh, of a couple things. The first thing was Dwight Howard's fit next to Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap is a really um, – I think, he was, I think he was underrated the best player on the Hawks last year, even though Al Horford got kind of the headlines because he was an impending free agent. Um, yeah, and Millsap. he's always... Millsap's very good. Millsap is very good. And when we watch this guy play, he's got almost like a similar body to LeBron James. He's slightly slower uh, and a little bit bigger. Yeah, he just doesn't have um, that so quick agility that LeBron does. Right, but he's still so athletic, and he's just got like the kind of the same body type. Um, so ever since uh, Horford... Uh, was kind of switched out with Dwight Howard. Howard um, these first nine games, Paul Millsap is, has looked great. I mean, he's got 16 points and seven and a half rebounds um, with four assists per game. Solid stat big, line. I think the big story right now, the other question coming in was, how. so how is Dwight Howard going to fit next to Paul Millsap? And how were the Hawks going to transition, giving the reins over to Dennis Schroeder, um, the, their point guard, who previously... It's still a hard time believing that. Yeah, I mean, he previously just had not played very much, you know. I mean, um, in the last couple of years that Schroeder had played, um, I think his minutes per game, I can actually kind of find that out here. Yeah, he had never averaged more than 20 minutes per game. Uh, and they were handing over the reins uh, of this offense to him. And so far, he's, he's you know, delivered. He's got 16 points, um, six assists. Uh, and, and he's had a pretty good year. But I think the real, the real story coming out of this is Dwight Howard's look great. You know, and he hasn't he hasn't kind of lit it up in terms of the stat line. He's got 15 points and 12 rebounds per game. Uh, he's almost averaging two blocks per game. It's it's his per. He's just being so efficient and picking his spots. Uh, he's at 24 for a per, which is um, you know a, a, as high as you're going to get Dwight Howard uh, at this stage in his career. So I think the Atlanta Hawks at seven and two are, are kind of making me rethink. Uh, the Eastern Conference power rankings going forward. Yeah, you definitely have to. I mean, Dwight Howard, kind of a resurgent season. Uh, you know, past few years, he's been kind of known as a team cancer. 
just in the locker room, just kind of draining everybody's enthusiasm, you know, wanting to play, being around him, getting him involved. And uh, finally turning it around, uh, maybe it's the whole back at home in Atlanta, you know, where he feels comfortable. Maybe it's the team, you know, actually embracing him. Who knows what it is? But, you know, he's putting up numbers. He's looking good. He's getting kind of, you know, back involved defensively, as you said, with the two blocks. And, you know, I like it. You know, he could be one of those people candidate-wise for uh, most improved because he hasn't had great years the past few years. And if he keeps it up, I mean, he could potentially be an all-star in the East because, you know, Andre Drummond is like, centers out there. Yeah, Andre Drummond is like your big guy in the East right now and Whiteside maybe, but. And then outside that, Schroeder, you know, has been impressive. I think it's just Schroeder's hair, I think, is what made me doubt him. <laughs> it's that weird hair with, like, the, like, partly highlighted. It just, like, makes no yeah. sense. And I think that's why I've always doubted him. But, you know, he's proven me wrong. He's proven that people with highlighted hair in random spots on your head can play basketball. Yeah, that's true. Um, on the outside here, uh, we, we also have a couple interesting stories in the East. Uh, Cleveland always looks, obviously looks fantastic. Toronto has picked up right where they left off. Look very good at 6-3, and three, uh, which is pretty cool. Their, their, yeah. uh, their defense, again, is going to be their hallmark. And, and then the, uh, the Bulls have sort of figured it out a little bit, uh, at least in this early part of the season. They got good players, I mean. They're, they're a professional basketball team, and I think that there's a lot to be said about that, you know, especially when you're trying to get some of these new pieces to fit in together. Um, having just a professional basketball team is huge. So I yeah. think that, uh, that's not going to hold up necessarily, but the Bulls are uh, very cool. Getting Rajon Rondo to look like a normal person and player, always a good sign. Yeah, exactly. Over in the West, you have some interesting things happening as well. So the Clippers are uh, up at up top at 10-1, and one, uh, and their bench has looked excellent. Yeah, uh, the Clippers bench has really been what's kind of kept them in this game, uh, or in, in this, uh, you know, at this top Prime spot position. here. And then the Warriors, uh, eight and two. And I think that I don't know if we kind of thought about uh, the way that the Warriors are going to win these games, but they're going to need to really legitimately outscore everybody. Uh, they've mm-hmm. got the number one offense in the entire NBA right now in terms of points per game at 116 points per game. But that comes at a price. They're also letting up a league high 108.2 points per game. They're, just, uh, they're, they're so bad on defense. Yeah, it's not actually a league high, but for in terms of the teams that are in the top eight, of the uh, of the West and the East, the Warriors are letting up the most points per game. Surprisingly, behind the uh, right behind them, the Boston Celtics. Um, yeah. We're going to need to talk about what's, that right what's now. What's going on there? Uh. But um, and at least in terms of the West, the closest people behind them are in the top eight are the Los Angeles Lakers, who are starting like four rookies. <laughs> so, Dude, um, sucky player, good coach. Yeah. It's, I'm telling you, it's going to be a new segment we're going to do at some point. Sucky player, what's good that? coach. Sucky player, good coach. Yeah, uh, it's it's it actually is genuinely really interesting to see this uh, go down. The um, you know, the Warriors are going to have to try to figure this out. You know, uh, can you transfer a coach? How of the are year they going to protect the rim? Because I think can you transfer coach of the year awards. Yeah, I think the committee needs to go back and relook at the Warriors' record last year. I think they'll realize that it was actually Lou Walton that was the reason. <laughs> oh Steve my Curry god, has nothing to do with it. If you told me five years ago that we talked about Luke Walton as a potential coach of the year candidate, I just would have laughed right in your face. <laughs> um, 
so that's what's happening in the, in the association right now. I think the other thing that we really need to keep an eye on is uh, the Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double uh, watch right now. Russell Westbrook right now. I want you to just sit down for these numbers right now, Greg. Russell right, Westbrook let me, is let averaging. Let me stand up first. Yeah. All right. So Russell Westbrook is averaging 32 points, 9.7 rebounds, and 9.9 assists. <laughs> I mean, when there's not many other players on the team, your, your stats are going to look good, but still, that's just so good. I don't care. Oh, my God, dude. What are you uh, doing? I mean, could you imagine um, if he actually averages a triple-double? Oh, my God. I can't. No, I People can't go nuts. imagine it. He's taking a lot of shots. Dude, on top of his that, fire commercial for Nike, I mean, the guy's just having a great year so far. I do love that commercial. It's I gotta so be honest good. with you. Um, yeah, he's gonna be averaging. Not only is he averaging like a, basically a triple double, but he he's also averaging it with thirty two points. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's um cool man. He just looks so good. It's just he's looked great in some games, and then other games you're like, how many shots did he take? That's ah, still fine. He got like a triple double, so we'll forgive him. Yeah, I don't care almost. <laughs> um, all right, man. That's pretty cool. Still. Oh, a hundred percent. Anything else that you want to uh, talk about in the association before we kind of get out of here? One quick thing. Uh, have you seen all these mannequin challenges that have been going on? I have, and I'm done. Yeah. Well, just in general, found them kind of. Some of them are actually kind of like impressive, like the gymnast ones that I've seen. But this involves basketball. Don't worry. Did you see the Sixers one from the other day? No. <laughs> so they got like uh, a bunch of people to like one of the suites during a game to do it. But Alan Iverson was there. And you know, uh, Alan Iverson's we talking about practice. Yeah. Well, he should have gone to the practice for this challenge because everybody else still is can be nobody's moving. He's being still for like the first 10 seconds of the video. And he has like his hand in the air. And then also he just like kind of just like goes screw it and just starts moving his hand and kind of like looking around and everybody else is still doing the pose. And people are like right in his face, probably being like, "What are you doing?" That's like the least surprising thing ever so, is that Allen yeah. Iverson just like so didn't Alan give Iverson a shit. About said it was thing. just fantastic, yeah. but I was just like, uh, it's great. "I love every quote unquote." So Allen Iverson, I love that. Uh, every I was hearing, uh, I was listening to actually talk radio earlier, and they were talking about how Allen Iverson, because of this whole Phil Jackson saying LeBron's posse thing. Yeah, uh, but they were talking about uh, how Allen Iverson used to roll with like fifty-three guys yeah. deep. <laughs> and just, you'd have like eight guys on the injured reserve just to replace just in case one of his guys went down and he would just go out and just buy them everything they wanted. And that's probably why he's bankrupt now. Alan Iverson's a champ. I don't care what anybody says. It doesn't matter. Who um, number one. All right, man. Anything else before we want to kind of uh, wrap it up today? I don't think so. I mean, I got the Miami Vice theme song. So <laughs> Okay. Well, Maybe you can use that to play us out, uh, you know, after this episode's all over. How is this the number I'm not, one I'm song? I'm not even kidding, Greg. It was like this for like three minutes. It doesn't change. There's no lyrics or anything. Like this is the this is the song. I don't know. Before we get copyrighted, you know, I'll just stop it there. But that how is that number one? <laughs> I, I have no idea. You got me. <laughs> so bad. Oh yeah. Um, okay, man. Well, so from all of us here at the sports stands, I think we can kind of bring this thing, uh, bring this thing in for a close. Yeah. Bring it for um, a landing. Good episode, man. I thought that it was good. We got back to, uh, we, we picked up right where we left off, which is beautiful. Never missed a beat. It's like you never left. 
So from all of us here, man, at the sports stands, everybody who is uh, on the line with us now, all of our producers, all of our um, all of our reel-to-reel specialists, we're actually putting this on tape. Um, all the people, all the directors, all the investors, uh, everybody who, uh, who kind of makes this thing happen, um, thank you for listening at this audience, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. Yeah, and to uh, everybody that put this on Vine, you know, it's going down, but we're still putting it out there. So you can see, check out like our next 1,000 vines will be the show in six second segments. So it'll be fantastic. And it's the people, R- the interns R- that make it happen. RIP Vine. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, talk to you guys next week. And if you get, miss us after this episode, you can go check us out over on the Crossover Podcast because we're going to be get, doing guest picks for them this week. So uh, check it out.